Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Friends Podcast. Yes, man, thank sir. you so much it. for coming back um, and listening. If it's your first time, thank you so much for coming. It's just in general, just to listen to what we have to say today, for sure, mm-hmm. man. So let me introduce myself. My name is Matt, and I'm here with my co-host. My name is Rod, and this is the Friends Podcast. So make sure you check us out. We're streaming everywhere. That's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. So also, you can check the socials at the Fran on Instagram. Yep, do all those things. Interact with us, man. Let us know what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong. Um, if some of our takes are crazy or just anything, man. Just interact, man. Just tell us, even if you want to just say, fuck you. Like, okay, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. I'll take too. that. Yeah, so. But uh, anyway, so let's go ahead and get into this episode, man. So we're definitely excited today, man. We got a special guest in the building today. So go ahead and introduce yourself. What's up, world, podcast world? My name is Mike Bushio. I am a singer-songwriter from Jersey City, New Jersey, and I am honored to be on this podcast today. It's my first uh, ever podcast interview as a solo artist, so pretty excited. We appreciate you. We appreciate you. Uh, I mean, we saw some uh, things from uh, different podcasts that you were on when we, you put your name in YouTube. Uh, yeah, I mean, I had a YouTube channel, but I never took it too seriously. I never got into the okay. YouTube game. I never liked to take videos of myself performing, but uh, I put up some funny ones that I did with friends. Nothing too crazy. I'm getting okay. more, as I get older, I'm getting more serious as a solo artist. I was in a band for a long, long time. So that kind of was a blessing and a curse because it mm-hmm. kind of held me back from doing the solo stuff. But uh, I have a lot of songs written. I'm ready to get into a studio, get them out there and, uh, you know, see what happens. Well, we'll definitely get into that, but yeah, uh, we started off with just seeing how our weeks are. So how was your cool. week? Um, my week's pretty chill. I am by day a high school guidance counselor, so I'm on summer vacation from, from work. Um, mm. So I'm just catching up on TV. I am writing music. I'm just chilling out with some friends and doing some me time, you know? So things are good right now. This week's been okay. Hot, what's, the, but- what's the show that you're watching right now? Um, I hot. just I just caught up on the boys. Uh, I watched the bear, all that all that good stuff uh, on Amazon and Hulu. I just watched the bear. The bear was actually really good. I I, I already yeah. cannot wait for the second season. <laughs> I thought it was brilliant. Yeah, I was surprised. And the boys, the boys was really uh, yeah. Weird the boys today. was good. It was good. Yeah. It was good. They had extendable dick or something. <laughs> <laughs> was, yeah, that yeah that, that that dude was fucking crazy, man. Yeah. <laughs> so. What about you, Rob? What's going on with you this week? Um, this week has been pretty busy for me. I normally don't have stressful weeks, like super stressful that like gets to me, but this week was super stressful. I had to work long hours pretty much all day. We're working on this uh, testing at work of uh, these generators. So uh, glad that that's finally over and that week's behind me. What about you? Man, nothing too much going on on my end. It was my birthday this week, so really just celebrating happy, for that. Happy belated, bro. Mine's coming up too. Oh yeah, okay. That's what's up. That's what's up. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, so I went to Chicago for a couple of days, and I'm mad as fuck because somebody stole my bike, man. Like, <laughs> man, let me tell you. Let me. I'm gonna give y'all a quick background, right quick. So I went to the. It was Saturday, right? Or no, actually, it was Friday. My bad. I went, I was like, let me go to the art museum, you know, get some culture, you know, try to try to act like I know what the what the artist is doing. You know what I mean? That's what everybody does when they go to the art museum. Um, so I'm like, OK, boom, let me grab my bike up there, park my bike right outside the museum. Boom. I go in there. Not even an hour and 15 minutes later, I come outside and 
My shit is gone. Like, Whoa. Gone, bro. Did you uh, lock it on the bike rack or where'd you lock it up at? Yeah, I locked it on the bike rack on, um, and I remember I, I parked it right to, next to this like really nice bike, like a bike that's way nicer than mine. And um, mm. so I remember like, I was I was sitting there when I was locking it up. I'm like, no, nobody's gonna steal my shit. They gonna steal his shit before they steal my shit. But I came <laughs> back out, my shit was gone. And the crazy thing is, that was my first time ever riding it. Damn. My first time ever riding a bike. So I'm I'm kind of pissed off, but I'm glad to be another year older, and I'm glad to get into this podcast, man. So man, uh, I, I kind of want to like let's not let's not move too fast there. Like, <laughs> so how did you feel like walking out? He was like, man, I know I I uh, locked it up here, right? crazy thing is i seen it like before i even crossed the street i seen it i'm like i looked at the rack and i'm like nah <laughs> there's no way there is no way somebody stole my bike bro so i walked up to it and I, like i said i saw that nice bike next that was next to it and i'm like oh my god it was still there the, yeah the nice bike was still there but the problem is everybody word word to the wise man if you have a bike and you're locking it up get a u-lock i didn't have a u-lock yeah i, I got one, one of those yeah, that U lock, like that's what you need for sure. So I guess um, words to the wise, get that U lock, and you'll be uh, you won't be heartbreaking walking out of a museum one day. Um, but yeah, man. So let's go ahead and get into this episode, man. I'm just excited to you know kind of talk to Mike Bushio about everything he has going on. So I guess let's kind of start with. Um, so you said you're from Jersey City originally. Yeah, yeah, born and raised here. Uh, 38 years it'll be soon. That's all I know is Jersey City and the uh, Jersey Shore. My uh, I have family down there. My, my pops is down there. So I'm back and forth. But yeah, Jersey City is what I call home. Okay. Now kind of like describe your experience growing up there. Like, you know, as a kid, kid or just like kind of like, you know, maybe under 10, under, you know, before teenage years. Like how was yeah. that? It was a whole different world. You know, Jersey City is kind of like the Mecca now. Everybody wants to be here and it's so diverse. But when I was a kid, I mean, it wasn't really safe. You know, like we would go into the park and play sports and there was like drug paraphernalia all over the floor. And mm. uh, I don't know, it just wasn't it wasn't what it is now. They, they never had like people take care of the parks. And, you know, I had a few friends. There was a few kids my age in my in my neighborhood. But uh, I don't know. I, I played sports. I um I don't know. It was just uh, it was it was a good place though. It was a good place to grow up. I mean, I have was like, it fun. all over Jersey City or was it a specific part? Um, well, I always lived downtown. I always lived right outside the whole Boken area. So um, this this part of Jersey City that's really building up, it was like a, it, it was a crazy uh, transformation from when I was a kid. But um, I do have fond memories here, and I have family that lived here. And uh, I don't know. It was just like I I I I, I think it was a, a good experience. If, if I guess that's how I could sum it up, growing up in, in downtown Jersey City. Okay, that's dope, man. Good to hear. So, like, can you kind of talk about when did you start seeing, like, that change from, like, okay, now it's now this is, like, the Mecca. Now it's popping now. Like, did you see that change at, like, a certain time recently? Well, uh, I guess when I when I was of legal age to drink and I can go out into the bar scene and then you can go out to restaurants and I have more of a uh, appreciation for that kind of lifestyle. I started seeing like there's a lot of places to go. I don't have to just hang out in my neck of the woods, you know. Uh, yeah. It's I can't keep up with it. There's so much changing in this city. It, it's a good thing, but it's also a bad thing. It's overpopulated. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's it's just no parking. <laughs> that yeah. But um, I just I Jersey City has a big play, big piece of my heart. You know, I'm I'm itching to get out because I kind of want to buy my own place, maybe a condo or a home or something like that. That's where I'm headed with uh, a living situation but mm -hmm. i mean 
I do like that you can just walk out of your house, go get a drink, go get something to eat, and then you can go, you know, you're not too far from home. Was the prices like ridiculous back then? Like how no, it is now? no. You know what's funny? The house I grew up in, which is right around the corner from my apartment right now, when I, when I was born, that was in the 80s, I was born 84, my parents were offered the house for $16,000. Damn. Which wow. now sold for like, I don't know, one point something million. But oh, they were God. twenty they were twenty five years old when they had me and they didn't have that kind of money. Sure. It was they just had a newborn, you know? Yeah. But that's just the way it goes. I mean, if you were lucky to have family that owned like a brownstone or something, you're you're loaded right now. So but the rent is insane. I know people who live in those lofts, like the Soho lofts and stuff, or, or, you know, it's like over three grand a month. Or even yeah, more. ridiculous. Yeah, just to pay for rent. I don't see... You can be paying a mortgage in that case, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, I kind of wanted to talk about back then when you were younger. Did everyone like, used to just take the PATH train and go to New York? Or did most people just stay in Jersey back then? Um, I... No, no, no. Once once I was able to start going to New York City, I man, I spent a lot of time over there. I, I, a big part of my life is New York City. Um, Washington Square Park is my favorite place to just sit down and people watch and listen to that dude that plays piano under the arch you know it's like that that uh that's kind of like i wish i grew up in new york city but growing up in downtown jersey city it's very similar to brooklyn it kind of looks the same it has the same feel now so yeah that it it, our local bar has shirts that say jersey city versus brooklyn because it's all the same like the brownstones they, they all look it all looks the same um but um yeah i don't know new york city yeah we did go to new york city a lot growing up so do you still find yourself going there a lot now, or do you kind of just try to stay away from, from the city? <laughs> Once the pandemic hit, and I know that's everybody's excuse for everything, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I stopped going, but now I'm back. Like, I go back for concerts. I play gigs there. I play at Rockwood Music Hall and, and venues like that. And uh, Dope. now I'm back in there. Yeah, I like New York City a lot. I love New York City, actually. So I'll be there on Monday because my boys want to go see uh, Monday Night Raw. So we're gonna go oh, to Mad- yeah. we're gonna go to Madison Square Garden and, and, and watch wrestling. So. What, what, we were actually just talking about wrestling on that last episode, dude. That's a big um, part of my life, man. I grew up watching WWF and then it turned to WWE, but I, I kind of gave up on it now. But okay. my boys still want to get together and watch the Royal Rumble every year. So dope. And uh, who, who's I don't even know the wrestlers these days. I'm still uh, like I mean, a part Rob, of the Undertaker. Yeah, he, he's H. he's retired. Triple H okay. is just the boss now, and. Uh, uh, everybody's kind of leaving, but I, I think Brock Lesnar is still wrestling. So damn. So yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. I, who, yeah. who do they have? Like Roman Reigns? Yeah, or, Roman Reigns, Seth uh, Rollins, Cody Rhodes, yeah. Randy Orton. Randy Orton still yeah. wrestling. He's still going. Oh yep. wow! From what I know, yeah, he might be there on Monday. So RKO. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's dope. So yeah, you kind of just mentioned that. Oh yeah, I got shows in the city. So like, let's kind of talk about that. Like you know your you know your artistry and stuff like that. So like. I guess, when did you first even start, you know, playing the guitar? Okay, so when I was in kindergarten, when I was five years old, our kindergarten teacher was uh, a piano player and she was a music teacher, but she was also obviously just a kindergarten class teacher. So she used to do, our school plays are like musicals. It was crazy. And she told my mom that I was musically inclined because I used to sit next to her on the piano and just like hum the songs or whatever. She just knew I could, and I, I could sing since I was a kid somehow. But I never gave music a chance because I always played sports. I was a baseball, uh, ice hockey kind of guy. I played in high school. I played almost, I would have played varsity baseball, but I wasn't too thrilled about the coach and the other kids playing. So I, I kind of gave up on it. But 
I picked up a guitar, probably I'm going to say 15, 16 years old, and I taught myself. I still, to this day, do not know how to read music. So I just kind of play by ear and I teach myself everything I need to know. Okay. It's limiting because if people ask for songs, like I do cover stuff at the bars and restaurants and people ask for certain songs. If I don't know it, I, I can't play it for them. So, but I do what I can. But I picked up a guitar around there. Uh, over time, obviously over time, the more you do it, the better you get. But me and my buddies, we started some like garage bands and everything like that. And then uh, in my early 20s, I was I got into a band with these other guys from Bergen County. So not the software, right? Garage band or what's that? I, not the software garage. Band. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> An actual band. But I oh, did okay. record. I, I know how to use garage band to record. That's a, mm -hmm. that, as far as I get for recording myself. But I got into a band with these guys and for six years. We did really, really well. Um, we had management at, at some point. They were they were good. They let's, knew some let's people. Stop, let's stop there. Yeah. So what kind of music um, did this band make? Uh, we started, you know, the whole emo scene, the, that that oh, yeah. that big phenomenon, like My Chemical Romance and, and Simple those Plan, kind of bands. things like that. Yeah, like we started, I grew up listening to all that stuff in my teenage years, but growing up in Jersey City was like everyone was listening to rap. Everyone was listening to hip hop. So I grew up on all that stuff, you know, like my first cassette tapes are like Biggie Smalls and, and all that. So I mm -hmm. have an appreciation for that and I always will. But then I, I was like, I want to be in a band. I think that's fucking cool, man. Pick up a guitar, get some chicks, and and, and that's what we're going to do. <laughs> Hell yeah. And uh, I taught myself, and and we started playing that that whole emo thing. And we're still doing it now. We stopped playing for about 11, 12 years, and now we're back together having fun, like just doing oh, shows at 902 Brewery and playing that emo stuff for people who, who love it. That still didn't go away. Those bands are still oh. playing now. Seriously though, it's really a, not a market for it, but like it's still a fan base because yeah. that was a big part of people's life. Like back then, like that was huge, man. Yeah. Um. So like, kind of talk about like what even drew you to that. Like from you know everybody around you was listening to hip hop. Like were you just a sad guy? <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everyone, everyone says that emo, like it, it's sad music. I, it's not. I mean, there's also a thing called screamo where the guys are like it's like kind of like metal esque. But yeah. I don't know. It just. I don't know something about the guitar. I fell in love with it, and I wanted to play it, and I thought it was cool. It was it wasn't so much the lyrics, but then when you get older and you start writing your own songs, you're like, shit, I'm writing the same shit that they wrote. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm a singer songwriter, man. Me and my acoustic guitar, I only know how to write about sad stuff, but it works. People like it. People are drawn to it. Yeah. Let's let's talk about the band a little bit. Yeah. Let's go. We were called the True Story. Um, true Story. Okay. A True Story. A good yeah. Name. If you if you go on um soundcloud and you type in a true story nj our stuff should pop up and you could tell how shitty it was and then how much better it went because my buddy the drummer rick he uploaded everything like from our earliest bullshit to like the the newest stuff so right before we broke up we recorded three songs in new york city and it was so funny because the studio we were in uh pros from the fujis was using it after us so he kicked us out and I was like, that's fucking cool, man. Like, pros <laughs> from the Fuji's kicked our little emo asses out of the fucking studio. But we had these three, three, like, three awesome songs that really never got out there. But uh, we would have did, we would have did well. I still say we would have did really well if we stayed together. Damn. I mean, like you said, you guys are back now, man. So no. Yeah, we're back. I don't, we're not going to write anything. Like, the, there's there's four of us, and two of them are married with kids. I'm, I, I don't have any children uh, the bass player doesn't have any children, but we don't have time to practice because we all have lives. So we're just doing it for fun right now. But me, as a solo artist, I play every week. I play 250 shows a year. So, Damn. 
I just haven't gotten my original stuff out there so that I can make it bigger than it is. You know, I have a feeling that if I put it out there, people might enjoy it and then maybe I'll get noticed, you know? So that's my next step in life. So you were the, um, back then, you were the singer, songwriter, and you were like the guy up front. No, actually, you know what? When we first started the band, we had a lead singer. I was a backup singer and guitar player. Oh, okay. And okay. We, yeah, and now that we got this band back together, he didn't want to be part of it. You know, he has a life and everything going on, so I can sing. So now I'm the front man for that. And let's kind of talk about that. I want to take it back a little bit. So you, you kind of talked about, you know, developing your guitar, like teaching yourself. Like, How did uh -huh. you develop your voice? Uh, that, it's the same way. The more I sang, because I, I watched videos of me when I was younger. And from what I sound like now, I just have, I'm more comfortable now. I have more control. Mm -hmm. And it's just become like, you know, people like, how are you not nervous? I'm like, I do this sometimes three, four nights a, a week, you know, yeah. it's just it over time. If you just it naturally gets better. I kind of want to go into the process and what the practice is like that. Um, well, I, all I these covers we we took we took voice lessons for a little bit um, when we were because we, we did the original stuff as a band and we also okay. did the cover stuff. So we were a cover band as well. We played weddings. We played all these venues all over New Jersey and down the shore and all that. But uh it, I don't know. It's it's uh it, it's tough to say because I I don't the practice like if I'm learning a new cover song like a hot top forty song on the radio like Justin Bieber or something or Ed Sheeran I just listen to it a few times and I'll get the music. Sometimes I'll make it my own. Sometimes I'll make it sound just like that song, but it takes me a longer to learn the lyrics. I don't play with like an iPad in front of me. Everything's in my head. It's just you know I don't really read off of. Uh, I don't have a, a, a support while I'm playing. I just kind of take pride in, in memorizing. So it, it, it takes me a few to uh, get the songs going. And has it always been like that? Like, did you ever have like a cheat sheet before? Or have you always been kind of? I only time? I only have a cheat sheet at weddings, so I don't fuck up the bride's like big moment <laughs> when she's walking down the aisle. If it's a song, because I'm playing a wedding August fifth, and she wants me to play a song that I don't know, and I'm gonna like next week learn it and it's really quick when she walks down the aisle but i can't fuck up the words so mm -hmm. I, I it's gonna take me a little bit so only those are the most important so i'll have like a little cheat sheet in front of me for that and i'm in the back anyway nobody's looking at me they're looking at her you know so yeah. it works it works i kind of talk about like i'm curious like do you is there like super popular wedding songs that like everybody requests every time um no, not really. I have played, uh, there's a wedding song by Train called Marry Me. So that that's a popular one. Okay. Um, they usually let me do my thing during the cocktail hour. They trust me with like the hit songs. So, you know, I just play like Backstreet Boys or some bullshit like that. And they're oh, yeah, all happy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's universal at this point. But uh, my, my, my music journey has been so, like, it's it's been crazy. It's been so weird, like, to go from a kid who was a jock and played sports to pick up a guitar to be in like a bunch of garage bands to meet these dudes have this really professional band fall apart become a solo artist i put out six song ep in 2015 never really pushed it to where it should go sold out some shows in new york city like 75 people rooms and it was it was dope it was cool and now i'm doing covers and weddings and parties and back with these guys again so it's it's a lot it sounds like a lot but i'm just like yeah. a, an ordinary guy from jersey city who plays guitar and sings and meets people every week and i, I still get joy out of it you know it, it's fun yeah man and i know that johnny cash made it in his 40s or whatever so i, I i'm gonna be 38 in in two weeks so it's you know time. maybe uh that'll happen for me so we'll see 
I kind of want to go into like more into that process of writing. Okay. When you were a kid and compared to now, like how was the songs different? Um, or are they different? They are. I, I don't know. Cause I only started writing my own stuff. Like, I don't know, within the last decade. So yeah, I think it's still the same concept. It's, it's, it's certain situations that I was in that made me feel something. It's about certain people. You know what I mean? I usually use the same person all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, but if it's just... emo, it's probably like dark. It's probably to some of your... Well, no. My, my, oh. my solo stuff is... It's, it, I guess it's emo lyrically, but it's like Ed Sheeran meets uh, Kings of Leon meets mm. Bon Iver meets... Uh, I, I don't know. I'm got just, you. Got you. You know, it's a little bit of everything. I could be folky. I could be pop. I could be rock. I could be whatever, you know? All right. So what is Mike Bushio as a solo artist? You said you could be all genre? these things. Genre? Yeah. Or are you genreless? You're just gonna have a project with everything on it, or what's your no, plan? No, not there? so much. I think it's it's gonna be, it's gonna sound like a singer songwriter that just has a guitar and maybe some piano in the background, and it's there's gonna be some upbeat stuff and there's gonna be some slow stuff, but yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. Now, kind of talk about just balancing like you know your personal life and you know your work life with. You know, trying to be an artist, you know, like you said, 250 shows a year. Yeah. Like, how, how is that? Like, I walk into I walk into the high school some days because sometimes I'll play on Tuesday or Wednesday and my coworkers are like, how'd you do that last night? I'm like, yeah. I, you know, I'm not partying. I'm just performing and then I, I go home. I mean, I, I could still do it. I, I feel like I could still sing maybe two, three nights a week and, and still get to work the next day. And I always do better on four hours of sleep. It's weird. Like the less sleep I get, I'm, I'm more I'm more awake in the morning. I don't know how that how that works out, but that's how that works out. Do the kids know? The kids do know because in my high school we have a performing arts academy, and I'm the counselor for the performing arts academy because they okay. knew hiring me that I was a musician, and I get to perform with them. It's, it's amazing. And what's like the like? What would you say is the importance or like the role of a guidance counselor? So I am there as academic support. Right. And help them get into college and be prepared from freshman year to senior year. But I'm also there like some of the kids just want to say hi to you in the morning and tell you how they their day went. Maybe they don't have the best home life and they look to me as a, you know, the adult in their life that they can trust. So it's a very rewarding job. Like I went to college just to go and like I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to play music. So I got my bachelor's degree and I never used it for sociology. That's what I, that's what I studied. And then I took four and a half years off and I'm in this band and we're traveling. We did a little tour and everything. And I was like, I need to, I need a backup plan. I need health benefits. I need a steady paycheck. So I went back for my master's in counseling because I did an internship in my bachelor's degree where I had to be a peer counselor for college kids, for freshmen. And I just enjoyed helping them. So I'm like, maybe I could be a guidance counselor. And, And here we are. I'm going on my sixth year as a counselor. So was your uh, parents and family always supportive of your music? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, my mom and dad would come to every show that they could come to. Yeah, they 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 let me do whatever I had to do. You know, they helped me out with buying mm-hmm. strings for my guitar and this and that. So they they've been they've been amazing. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, because you know sometimes like people would be like, get a real job. You know, mm-hmm. what I mean? but you do actually. That's that's the funny thing is you balance both of them. Yeah, it's it's the way my life has gone is it's been really weird. It's been like a up and down, like uphill downhill kind of thing, and not really sure of what's next. But I'm in a good place, and you know, I got a career. I still get to play music in front of. It, it feels like you're playing a big show because you don't know these people, and yeah, some of them are out to dinner, 
but they'll come up to you at the end and like tip you or say, wow, I was really, really good. Even if they don't clap, you know, you're still bringing joy to people. So, mm-hmm. so it's, oh, they it's hear dope. It. They hear it. People act like they don't hear it. When no, yeah. Playing, but they hear that shit. And I tell my students, a lot of them want to do what I want to do in my life. Like they want to be big stars or whatever. And I said, you can still enjoy your craft and not make it big. You know, like you can still, you know, get get your career going and then play music on the side. You know, you can still do it. Yeah. For sure. I mean, that's really how I like ended up uh, finding you. I found you at 902 Brewery. You were doing yeah. a show. And I was like, man, this guy is really good. Thanks, like, man, it, it was surprised because, like, looking at you, you wouldn't expect your voice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This, this dude with tattoos and a, and a beard and a hat, yeah, singing like uh, whatever I, whomever I sound like. But uh, mm-hmm. and I appreciate it, man. I appreciate the kind words. Let's take a little detour right quick because we were just talking about breweries yeah. and stuff. Like, um, so you are a craft beer fan or do you like just do the No, I do. Beer? I do. I support my friends, you know, the guys who own the breweries around here. And, and uh-huh. I, I definitely am a fan. Um, of some of their stuff, yeah. Some okay. of their beers are like really, really good. So what, what are we saying? Like IPAs? We talk. Yeah, about- I mess with some IPAs. Um, okay. I like Pilsners, Lagers. I mean, I like it all. I don't like sours too much, but um, okay. Yeah, I got you. So you have a go-to? If I'm at 902, I do the Path, the okay. Path Ale. Um, that's basically the one I always get. But they actually put a beer out for us for the for the emo band that we have. We had a beer can put out for us. Uh, the band, the band is called Finding Emo. Instead of Finding Nemo, it was yeah. pretty play on words, and we thought like that was that. really cool. We made like mm-hmm. the fish with the sad eyes and the, and the long black hair and the piercings and stuff. But uh, <laughs> so I like that one too. That that was a good beer. Now I'm not I'm biased, I guess, because it's my band's beer, but it, it was good. It was good. So getting into more of your music, you said this EP that you put out a few years ago. Uh huh. What was that EP like, and what was the name of that? The EP was called Lonely Bones. And okay. the artwork, a buddy of mine did the artwork. It was like two skeletons, a female and a male. The male's looking down. The female's looking up with her with, with the with sunglasses on. And uh, the title track, Lonely Bones, was about a girl who I, you know, I was seeing. She was an actress. And I was kind of, it's kind of like bashing her in a way, some of the lyrics. Because a few years go by, I, I love still that miss kind her. Of music. Yeah, it's like the, some of the lyrics was like, whatever, how many years gone by, still miss her, but still no motion picture. You know what I mean? Like she's still not where she should be <laughs> just because I was pissed because I was pissed at her. Maybe she's there now. Who knows? But it made for a good song. So I wrote I wrote about that. I wrote about a song about me fucking up with somebody. You know, I was the guy who fucked up and I wrote one about a friend who passed away. So it was a, the, the, the EP means a lot to me. And it's copywritten. Like, I, I did this whole big thing, but I never really pushed it anywhere. So, all the songs that you're making or you're writing, uh-huh. is it all, are they all based on like experiences from your past or your life? Or do you ever look at your friends or people around you, their stories, and try to incorporate it into a song? Yeah. I mean, both, both. And I also wrote a song just looking at a picture. I made my whole, I made a story out of a picture that I saw, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's, that's that's kind of the way I'm I'm doing things right now. What kind of picture? It was a picture of a person I dated, but she was in another mm-hmm. country, and I think she took the picture of the so dude you, she was dating okay. riding a bike in Amsterdam. So I wrote a song called Amsterdam out of that. <laughs> I always be wondering, like, do do they hear these songs and be you like, know man, what? Are you? These I are actually to, pretty uh, good. I wish she would hear them, but who knows? 
I don't know. I know we don't we haven't talked since before that stuff came out, so I really don't know. But it, you know what? It's old it's old news. You know, life went on. It's all good. Yeah, everyone goes through breakups and uh, they make up and all that kind of stuff, so. Yeah. Yeah. But it makes for good music. Mhm. The breakup emo stuff and the music there. <laughs> I feel like I was always uh, a big fan of like Linkin Park. And, yeah, me too. Uh, and yeah, they were great. And like the Simple Plan. Mm -hmm. And uh, what was it? My Heart Romance. My Chemical Romance. My Chemical Romance. They're back yeah. now. They are back. They're 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 uh, doing their thing again. How old are they now? Like are they? They got to be in their forties. Forties. Like, okay. okay. Yeah. So like talk about like what you listen to these days like so is it just you know type of emo, you know what no I, I, i'm back on the emo stuff because a lot of those guys are making new albums again but mm -hmm. i'm really into like the new chain smokers album i don't know why something mm -hmm. about it i i absolutely love um i guess i'm a closeted like club head right now or techno <laughs> guy or whatever the fuck you want to call it um i'm a big radiohead fan and i know that they have a new band called the smile tom york is one of my favorite artists Mm. and uh they put out something um there's a band called alexis on fire from canada they are playing new york tonight i'm trying to get there they're they're back out with something they're playing pier 17 tonight um but i just listen to new stuff and then if i want i go on the old emo playlist on spotify and then i just get nostalgic about it but as a singer songwriter if i want to listen to acoustic stuff my go-to is ryan adams uh he's he's one of my favorite uh songwriters of all time guys brilliant. ryan adams okay is yeah. he from a band specifically okay. no he's a solo guy um he got in trouble like he was married to mandy moore and oh. uh he got in trouble like treating he was you know, the whole me too movement yeah, and uh, yeah, he was yeah. doing some shady shit with with women and maybe just i don't know if it was physical but it was mental mm. and whatever but uh he's got his shit together he went sober he's writing all he wrote like three albums in the past like five months so he's, I just, I like him for his music, not for the person he is, but for the music. Yeah. Sometimes you got to separate a little bit. Yep. Um, so like, let me, let me circle back. So Alexis on fire. Is it not Alex is on fire? Nope. It's Alexis. You know, it's so funny. We were fucking around in the bar last night and we, mm -hmm. we told the bartender, I guess she thought it was Alex is on fire, but it's yeah. Alexis on fire. Okay. I never knew that's that because awesome. I always saw the name and I'm like, yeah, I can't, but that's kind of the mystery of it. Like you don't really know. Or do but they it's so say it in their music? Um, I've heard interviews. That's how, that's how I know how it's really pronounced, but okay. it's so funny because they're, they're like a screamo metal kind of band, but the guitar player has his own solo, sad emo shit called city in color. Mm -hmm. And that's Dallas green. He's one of my favorites too. So, uh, it reminds me of myself. Like I could, you know, versatility, you can be like a solo artist writing songs on an acoustic, or you could be in a band rocking out on stage. So. Yeah, and it sounds like you're super versatile too, because like just like you say, you can be folk, you can be, you know, rock, you can be emo and stuff like that. So that's yeah. that's always just cool, just to just to like show the different sides and stuff like that. Um, so let me ask you about. So let me circle back again. So you kind of talked about how you know you're in an apartment right now. You kind of want to move on to maybe getting a house somewhere. So do you feel like you'll always just be in Jersey, just in general, or do you want to go West Coast, South, you know, Midwest with it? I've no, I'm probably going to stay close because of my career, but I travel when I can. I mean, I've been to San Diego twice and I'm in love with it. So maybe retire there or something, but and I've been to Europe. I mean, I wish I could just, I have friends who have these amazing jobs who get to like work remote wherever they are, you know? So, mm -hmm. I mean, I kind of envy that in a way, but I get to travel whenever I can, but you know, I'll stay close to, close to home. Okay. For now. That. Yeah. 
Now, kind of talk about like working with people. Like, so I mean, obviously you work with your band and stuff like that. But how do you feel about maybe being featured on songs or like somebody hitting you up, like, "Hey, can you write this?" Like, are you open to any any of that? Oh, definitely. I've been approached about that, and that never happened. But I, I'm definitely down to use my vocal cords for somebody else's song or my, you know, play guitar for somebody. It's, it's something that I would love to do. Yeah, price just has to be right, right? Uh, yeah, I guess so. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, the yeah. person has to be a cool person, and I have to like the music, I guess. Right. No, I feel that. I feel that. Now, kind of talk about, like, so when you decide, like, so you say, so you get hit up, right? And you're like, hey, or they're like, hey, we want you to perform here tonight. You know, let's do an hour. There we go. So, like, how does that, what's that process, like, in your mind of, like, okay, let me get prepared for the, you know, the, the you know, set list and stuff like that. Like, how do you choose and decide, like, what you want to play for that night? um it depends like last night i played a place in hoboken it was it's like a low-key kind of dinner kind of spot bar bar restaurant small room but you start off slow and then you get and you know everybody starts singing along so i was like all right let me play some hits you know so that it just depends on the the venue and it depends on the crowd i can read the crowd okay so you don't kind of prepare like a set list before you kind of just go doing the cover stuff you have to play the same stuff every night and then add new songs to it uh... so you know, I kind of mix it up a little bit, but I'm always playing in front of a new crowd. I don't care about the people who work there. I mean, they're there to work. I don't give a shit what they think if I play the same songs every night if I'm <laughs> yeah. there. But, um, you know, if the crowd's into it, you know, I, I kind of know what to do next. Do people ever walk up to you and, be, and actually request a song for you to play? Yes, all the time. And that's the thing. Like, since I play by ear and I only know what I know, and I know a lot, you know, I'm like, I don't know that song or I, I know, I know another song by that artist or something similar to that genre. So I find a way around it. I, you know, sometimes they're upset or whatever, cause they want to hear it, but you know, people are cool. People are. What's the most requested song that you would say people want to hear you do? Uh, I don't know. Usually people are into Wonderwall or something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, there's no, there's no requests that stand out. I do get Billy Joel a lot and I don't play any of his stuff. I do like him. Like, but I, I I should probably learn some of his shit just in case. Mm, gotcha. Let's kind of talk about like just the recording process and stuff like that. Like, how often do you get to get a chance to go to you know record and go to a studio? I I don't. It's funny because when I did my first that the, that the Lonely Bones EP, I did it on GarageBand because it was just me and my guitar, and I added some you know some digital stuff to it, so it sounded really good. And uh, I did the vocals in a studio in Hoboken. A buddy of mine had a buddy that does recordings um i don't think the studio is there anymore um but it sounded good it was good uh i think now i would obviously just go to a studio i heard that there's a studio in bayonne called timber mm -hmm. and uh it's, it looks dope and i heard that it's pretty good so i might look into that for the uh next few songs that i want to i want to lay down when you go to the studio are you open to like their advice to be hey you need to sing it like this or are you just already have the entire idea before I mean, yeah, I have the idea. I'm not. I, I I'm open to uh, criticism, constructive criticism, of course. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I'm I'm no diva. I mean, I, you know, if they want to <laughs> help me out, that's dope. You know. Yeah. So working at these studios, has it only been one or two studios that you that you you've been to so far, or was it been a bunch? I mean, yeah, I've 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 been to a few in my career, like as okay. a musician, like with the band we did. A, a few different studios. We did Big Blue Meanie in Jersey City, which is not there anymore, but that was a big one because 
a lot of the bands that we listened to growing up had come in from New York to to uh, record there. Like Taking Back Sunday recorded there, and Thursday recorded there. So it was cool. But um, I've been to a few. So what's that studio uh, like when you're recording? Do you have to? Is it just drinking water? Maybe you have like a little drink. You have to have a lot of people there around you. Or is it just you? Um, what's in the studio process like for you, anyways? We, as the band, we were all together all the time. You know, we had we had lunch together. We we would drink and a lot of water and all that stuff. But we we were very supportive of each other when we did it. But you solo? How's that? How's that? Solo. I mean, I don't really have that experience. When I did the vocals to the EP in the studio, it was just me and the and the engineer. So it was really chill and no pressure. So I think I would like that when I do my next one, just me and the person that's recording me, and 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 yeah, that's it. Well, said if you can just load GarageBand up again, you might not even need a studio this time. You know, just get a mic. Yeah. Good. Yeah, I might be able to just do that. You're right. But you got to be able to do the sonics and everything and the engineering of the record, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I just I would like it professionally done, just yeah. just to um really get the, you know, the whole effect of the music out there, you know. Yeah, I was like, the music has to sound good on the, what they say, the headphones check, the car check. Yes, yes. The, the, the headphone in the car are really, really important because, mm -hmm. you know, everyone's listening to music in the headphones. So that's that's the whole point. Most definitely. So, like, what can we look forward to from Mike Buscio in the future? Like, you know, in the near future, 2022, 2023, like, is, is this EP or album dropping? Like, what can we look forward to? I, I always promise an EP and it never happens. So <laughs> hopefully that, but just a lot of live music. You know, okay. a lot of live shows and um, a lot of me just trying to figure out life like everybody else. That's that's basically it right now. I feel that. Yeah. So we'll go ahead and post the links like in the description just to let everybody know like where you are. Um, so, yeah, you're definitely going to have a show sometime soon regardless. So, yeah, that's a good thing that you can just yeah. keep working like that, man. Like that's that's super dope. I kind of interested in this next project of yours uh, that you said that you could be you say you have a bunch of songs that you've written so far you just need to record them yep do you have i, do. I, have, I have a lot of songs written that okay. i want to record and i have a lot of new ideas so got it okay so is it going to be a full project or is it just another ep or what do you think i, I want to do any i want to do just a few songs i just want to put on ep right now okay i'm thinking like three four songs i always wonder like when i when i see these talented artists as yourself what holds you Thank back you. from just going to the studio cause, and just releasing it? Because I see a lot of people do it like all the same I, I question myself all the time. I'm like, why the hell aren't you? Like, I could have been going to the studio for a long time now. And I just don't, I don't know if it's a confidence thing or, or I don't know what it is. I just don't do it. I just don't do it. It's, it's, it's easy to talk shit and say, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to do it. But I just don't, I just haven't done it. And I know it's going to be good because... I have I have faith in the music, you know, it's good stuff. And I don't know. I just haven't done it. So I have to uh muster up the uh confidence to just go and and lay like clear my head, lay the tracks down and then see what happens. Okay. You think that's the issue with like new artists, it's just the confidence level or, or something? I, yeah, else? confidence has a big thing to you know, it, it has a big thing to do with it. Like if you you're not confident in yourself, then you got nothing, you know? Like mm -hmm. if you can't worry about who's putting what out and you, you, like, you know what pisses me off? Somebody like Ed Sheeran, they, I, I saw a interview where he was like, anyone else doing what I'm doing is just like trying to, you know, trying to be like me. Dude, you're a guy on an acoustic guitar with a fucking loop pedal. 
<laughs> like you went on stage, you go on stage and like you go on stage and you tell people this is a loop station. Like they don't know what the fuck that is. Right. And he, he thinks like, dude, I play his songs at bars and I can give him a run for his money. Like mm-hmm. I just, it sucks that those are the people who made it in the world, you know? I'm just venting right now. I always wanted to say that, that out loud. That's <laughs> I always wanted to say that shit out loud. I mean, I got a mad respect <laughs> for him, but don't yeah. talk like that. Cause guys like me are sitting home. We, we admire you for what you're doing, but then you bash us like that. Like, that's what I feel like he's doing. Yeah. And he didn't invent the wheel. Like, no, no, he did not. He did not. But, uh, that, that's the kind of shit that, that pisses me off. Cause like, I don't know. What, am, I, am I wasting my time if I go in the studio and do it then? You know, but I mean, they, I feel like, like they're trying to deter people. Like, I guess that's what it is. Like, he's just trying to make people not want to release their stuff. I guess there's I like a million dudes on fucking YouTube that are covering his shit that sound mm-hmm. way better than he does. <laughs> yeah, because I watched some of his live recordings. I'm like, dude's like nothing. It, that's nothing. So mm-hmm. yeah, you don't have any auto tune when you're up there on stage. It's no, just you. you but that's just the wor- that's just the world we live in. You know, this whole social mm-hmm. media bullshit and. It could really like deter people from truly like getting out there and doing their thing. Yeah, I totally agree. So, kind of like talk yeah. about networking and stuff like that. Do you do a lot of your networking on social media, or is it just kind of word of mouth when you're performing? Yeah, man, I'm like I be I become like a Instagram story like master. I think I just <laughs> I always I, I always make crazy stories with fucking gifs or gifs or whatever you want to call them, and uh, mm-hmm. I just push my shows so much, and I try to help the bars and the restaurants that are that are booking me. By like tagging them and telling people to go there and check it out and I you know what you know what's messed up though you got me thinking about like my fellow acoustic artists in the same we, we have this circle of of people who play in the area like mm-hmm. the same bars and restaurants and they are not fucking supportive at all man they are not supportive like nobody supports each other you know and why is I that? just think it's a, I don't know I think it's a competition kind of thing because we're both playing in the same place listen at the end of the day we both get a paycheck people like you that's it man go go get your free dinner and get a drink and have fun like who gives a fuck who's playing like that's surprising i thought there'd be some type of community there like you're all from jersey i think there is to there is to an extent i'm not gonna say there isn't but i know some of them that that aren't Mm. now in a perfect world would you just want to do word of mouth and not just leave instagram just totally alone Oh man, I wish I really wish we didn't have to use social media for any of that stuff, man. man. I just wish like yeah. people would know that so and so is having live music tonight. People want to come check that person out, and then they make the decision if that person is worth staying for. You know? Yeah. It's tough. It's a tough, um, a tough business, tough world, especially in the entertainment uh, part. I guess I kind of want this. Is probably going to be my last question here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what was the best show that you went to that you were just? That I went to? Yeah, that you were just like, this show was more than I thought. Wait, went to or performed at? Went to. Okay. Oh, you're talking about a show that I went to, that I saw somebody perform. Oh, man, I've seen so many. Um, I don't know. I I recently, I I told you guys about that that guy, Ryan Adams, that I like. He just did a show in Carnegie Hall, right? Like, Carnegie Hall is, like, prestigious as fuck. Oh, yeah. And you got... You, you sold out the place, right? And it's just you with a piano and an acoustic guitar, right? And a, and a microphone. And you could hear a fucking pin drop in that place. Like, it was, everyone was so into his, his songs about, like, heartbreak and shit. But, like, they listened. They respected it. All you hear is people coughing because that's natural. But mm-hmm. that, that blew me away. I guess, so, I, I'm sorry, I guess you got one more question. Yeah, yeah. 
you perform, man. It seems like you've done a bunch of shows, 250 shows you got set up. What was your favorite show and your audience response? I do have some favorite shows out of all the shows I've been playing in my life. Like I played Rockwood Music Hall in New York City, and there's three stages there. Stage one is free. Uh, stage two is the big room that you you know you need to sell like over 100 tickets. Stage three is downstairs, and it's 75 person room. I sold that shit out twice, and I thought it was like I thought I was like the fucking coolest dude in the world. But Man, that's dope. But it was. Friends, friends of friends, family, and 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 they just, it was like my Carnegie Hall moment because they were quiet, they were listening, they were they they clapped, they you know, it was just they 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 were there to see me, but they were hearing songs that they never heard before, and it was just a cool it was a cool experience, it really was, it was it was, uh, and and I also played at the Stone Pony in in Asbury Park, which is like you know Bruce Springsteen's house, you know what I mean. So playing on that yeah, stage in front dope. of like I played in front of like six hundred people that day, and it was just the coolest experience. So you like your audience to just be still and listening and just be engaged that way instead of just super yeah. hype yelling, be like I, 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 shield, like just yeah, screaming that, it out. Well, that doesn't happen. I wish that happened. <laughs> but when I play the bars and stuff, I don't take offense to them talking because they're out to dinner. You know, people are on dates and stuff, and that's that comes with the territory. But yeah, in the perfect world. Everyone would just be listening and clapping, you know. Mm, I feel that. Like, so, do you know when it's gonna be like an off night? Like, can you tell, like, right at the beginning of your performance when it's like? Oh yeah, I totally can tell. I can tell by my first song if I'm gonna have a bad night, or I can tell if it's gonna be a shitty night at the bar. Yeah. What is it though? Like, is it just like, do you feel like maybe your voice is not all all the way there that night, or like the people are not engaged? Like? Yeah, I mean, like, I sometimes I overdo it with the singing. You know, if I'm playing on a Friday and I have a show on a Saturday, if I go hard on Friday, then Saturday's not gonna be that great. Or sometimes it is. It's better than Friday. So it just all depends on the moment. But yeah, we're definitely excited about everything going on with Mike Buccio, man. If I'm out in Jersey sure. City or that area, I'm definitely about to come check you out, man. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. Hopefully the name gets out there in, in the future. And if not, you know, I'm just having a good time doing it. And uh, I appreciate you guys taking your time to uh, get my name out there and, and being interested in me and my life. It, it's really cool. I wish I could do this every day. Absolutely, yeah. man. I mean, to me, you already you already doing what you need to do at this point. Like to me, I feel like you made it. You know what I mean? Like, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's a super that's dope nice, life man. to live. That's awesome. That's awesome. I did. I feel like I, I feel like I feel like I made it because you know I have a nice career. I get to help help uh, the kids out in, in their life, and then I get to go and entertain for other people, and I get my joy out of it in a way too. So yeah, you know what? If, if you aren't Ed Sheeran and you're a dude playing guitar and you can make yourself happy doing it, I mean, there's ways around it. Yep, using your voice for good, man, for sure. So, um, like I said, this has been Mike Buccio on yeah. The Friends Podcast, man. We're about to go ahead and wrap it up here, man. Thank you so much, Mike, for coming Thank through. Thank you, guys, And man. definitely guys let us know man. if uh, you got any new music or records that's yeah. about to release. So we can yeah, I will. Out. I mean, people people should follow me on Instagram. It's at Mike Bush with two H's because the last name is Bush Show. People call me Bush. It's not my favorite nickname, but you know what? <laughs> it's been that way forever, so I'm going to keep it going. For sure, we'll put everything in the description box for uh, you know people to go take take a look at at their leisure and stuff like that. Definitely go check them out on Instagram, people. But for this sure. has been the Friends Podcast, man. Thank you so much for listening, and we out. Peace and love. Peace. Peace.